thank you for joining the Pioneer Library System. My name is Roxanne, and today I am joined by Lauren. On today's episode of Folktales for Friends, we will get to know Miss Lauren from the Blanchard Library. I guess. And she will share a folktale. Folktales celebrate diversity. By experiencing stories from different cultures, you can discover valuable insights about another culture's values, beliefs, history, practices, and customs. Before we get started, let's get to know Miss Lauren with a few questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Let me see. What is your favorite children's book? I have so many favorite children's books, but the one that comes to mind immediately is A Bad Case of Stripes um, by David Shannon, I believe. Um, the illustrations in it are gigantic and exciting, and I love how, I love the moral at the end of the story where it's basically like, just do what you want. You really just need to be yourself. Um, she's my favorite. So does she have stripes? I mean, what's the premise of the story? The, oh my goodness, A Bad Case of Stripes by David Shannon tells the story of a young lady who just wants to eat lima beans. And she starts school one day and decides that maybe lima beans won't be a cool thing to bring to school. Like, what if people make fun of her? So she tries bringing something else instead. And then she starts, she wakes up and she develops a bad case of stripes. And then she has polka dots and then she turns into something else but as people try to help her she just keeps morphing into these different shapes or different designs and finally she she gets a remedy from an old lady not really an old lady she's more of a very friendly grandma who knows who's very wise wow i'll have to read that sometime absolutely highly recommend okay okay so what was the best thing before sliced toast sliced bread I guess oh my goodness the best thing before sliced bread um can I have like a year of when sliced bread was sliced 1838 1838 this was a guess okay good idea I would say just to go along with the theme the best thing before sliced bread that is also the best thing after sliced bread is Mm -hmm. storytelling because um what an exciting way to share like you said, human emotion, um, tales from beyond, tales from a family, um, a great way to make sense of the world. I'm also a little bit hung up on sliced bread because I'm like, did we always slice bread for sandwiches? Was there a point where we just held the loaf and took bites of it? We'll have to look for a story. Yes, we will have to find <laughs> it. We will get to the bottom of this. <laughs> Roxanne and Lauren. Please, researchers. Okay. If you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would you eat? Bananas. What? I would. Bananas. It's the first thing. I know. I've been on this crazy banana kick lately, and I've done a lot of soul searching, and I think it would be the banana. I know that I would have to balance other nutrients with something else, but yeah. what a sweet little compact gift. True. I do have to say, too, one of my favorite jokes in like safe company is to like throw a banana peel in front of myself and be like, whoa, you guys. But, and then if I have like friends, I do it in front of them, but not often, only very close friends. But it's like a joke, a meal, 
a friend all in one. Yeah. And, love, a, love and bananas. You can use banana. I saw somewhere where a person had a banana peel and they put it in water and they used those nutrients in that water to water their plants. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So that's a thing. Bananas. Yeah. Bananas. Also, banana trees are huge. They are so big. And to think of like, you know, thinking big scale to small scale mm-hmm. can really do a lot with bananas in a tree. So, yeah. yep. Thank you for that one. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. That was a unique answer. All right. Usually I get pizza. My spouse said potato. Would you rather be a superhero or a wizard? A wizard. <laughs> Absolutely. Easy. Yeah. I don't, I don't envy the responsibility yeah. and accountability and like 24 hour natureness of a superhero's job. Yeah. And, um, I really appreciate the like meddling time that a wizard has. Like yeah. if you knock on a wizard's door, he can be like, uh, it's not the time. And you're like, I don't want all this rain, but a superhero, it's like, where are you? I need you now. Like, oh I yeah. Don't... That's true. That is a lot of responsibility. Yeah. That's too pressing oh. for me. Okay. Would you rather have telescope vision or microscope vision? Telescope, always trying to see further away (laughs) (laughs) and not close up. (laughs) I wouldn't know what I was seeing if I had microscope vision, honestly. Yeah, I would worry way too much. (laughs) Yeah, what are these squigglies? Yeah, I know. I need to get away from that. (laughs) Okay. If you had to live in any literary universe, which one would you choose? (gasps) Uh, um, which one would you choose? Um, so, uh, have you ever read the book Sal and Gabby Break the Universe? No. Well, whenever you leave here, you should go read it immediately. It's so wonderful. Um, it's like a science fiction world, but everybody is so kind. It's a world. It's, um, they're, I think they're all Cuban. Um, and they live in, in Florida and everybody's so friendly. There's no racism. It's just adventures and getting to know another culture and everybody's accepting and and loving Mm. um it's a wonderful universe and it's full of adventure that is amazing i um when i read i think when i read fiction or like i'm exposed to like other universes it's um i have a hard time like suspending my disbelief and like Mm. The first thing maybe that comes to mind is like, I want to be with the main character in Parable of the Sower to like learn her empathy. Mm-hmm. But realistically, I don't want that at all. Yeah. So I'm going to put a pin in that one mm. and answer another time. Oh my gosh. I feel like I have the Rolodex of worlds like at my fingertips and I'm like, I, I'm frozen. I understand. <laughs> what food do you think is disgusting? Tapioca. What? Tapioca's delicious, (laughs) in my opinion. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? To be the stretchiest person alive. (laughs) (laughs) So I would be able to, like, stretch my hand all the way around the world or, like, stretch my hand into outer space. But, yeah. And it um, wouldn't hurt. Okay, so, like, that atmosphere or any and stuff like that doesn't affect you at all no so you could reach the bottom of the ocean and the pressure wouldn't do anything to you okay nope like it like stretch armstrong infinite stretch armstrong wow um yeah with no temperature adjustment or anything that would be 
That would be cool. You have some very unique answers. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could go fishing very easily. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I could teach. And then I think the, since I don't want to be a superhero, it yeah. would kind of be one of those things where like I can reach into the bottom of the ocean, but it's, I have to teach you how to fish because I'm not going to do this all the time, but I'm also not going to be the one to do that. I'm going to get you resources. Mm. Uh, this is just sounding worse, but I would be stretchy. <laughs> Very cool. Um, yeah, I could see how that would come in, in handy for sure. I mean, if you were, you could reach around all over the ocean, you could see whether or not mermaids are real. Absolutely. I yeah. love that that's a question. Yeah. But I mean, because of course they're real, but. I mean, yeah, I've seen the documentary. I've seen the facts. You can also, as a human, begin to train to become a mermaid, but you just need a scuba tank. So yeah. I think once you learn how to do that, you like evolve into mm-hmm. mermaids somewhere. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet, but I'll Maybe. get back to you. Well, yeah. the theory is if you haven't seen the fantastic mermaid documentary, is that where some humans stayed on land, some went to the ocean and developed gills and stuff like that. So they've always been there. <sighs> that makes so much sense. There is yeah. that um, Werner Herzog documentary where he's talking about the Atlantic and he's like, if some, you know, if you believe that humans evolved from like people crawling out of life in the ocean mm-hmm. and that's part of where we came from, that totally makes sense. Yeah. I would love to be, something we could do it backwards of like we will evolve back into the ocean yeah, yeah. devolution yeah um but they're pretty smart and that's why people don't generally see them i mean there's tales of mermaids in all cultures so who knows i want to live my life as a next life as a mermaid that would be that would be nice but also scary if you have to stay hidden all the time only from uh, this is what we were talking about with the masks it's like sometimes you just need that anonymity it's true only from people who don't understand you. Gotta yes. stay hidden. Yes, for sure. Okay. <laughs> well, that was, that was a good, great interview. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was fun. Yeah. These entertaining and illuminating answers to my questions. Hooray. We will now take a short break before coming back to hear your folktale. The time is now! Pioneer Library's Summer Learning Challenge is here! Read, complete activities, log your points to earn swag. With categories for children, teens, and adults, there is something for everyone. The Summer Learning Challenge ends August 15th, so visit pioneerlibrarysystem.org and use the My Learning link to sign up today. Welcome back to Folktale for Friends. I am here with my guest, Miss Lauren, who will now share her folktale with us. So, Miss Lauren, where is this story from? This story was inspired by Tommy DePaulo's Streganona, mm-hmm. um, which takes place in an Italian countryside between an older, older woman, Streganona, and Big Anthony. Um, and that tale was originally inspired by the Magic Mill, which is a really old folk tale that is from all over. I guess you can see um, kind of different types of stories from all over the place oh. with, within the Magic Mill. But also even um, in Fantasia, like when Mickey is the whole water scene, the wizard scene with Fantasia, that is also a tale of the Magic Mill, oh, a breakdown of it. So it comes in all different flavors. Very cool. Wow. I'm ready to hear it. Okay. So this one is inspired by both the Magic Mill, like an original telling, and um, Streganona. Okay. Here we go. 
There once was an old woman who lived in the Grand Canyon. Her only friend was a rock collector who would walk down to the Colorado River every day to collect stones. He loved how glittering and shiny they were. More than anything else, he loved how each of them was a little chunk of time. This woman lived alone in the Grand Canyon for a very long time and was a light artist of sorts. Her job was to mimic the light coming from the sun with as many colors as she needed. People would come from all over the world to bring her special minerals and stones to ground into pigments for her work. She had enjoyed the company of her family for a long time and for as long as time had allowed and now enjoyed only the company of her visitors. She preferred it this way as it gave her space to work. One day, a young archaeologist arrived at, her, arrived at her front door. Greetings, the archaeologist cried. I've come to be your apprentice. My apprentice, the old woman said. I don't need an apprentice. I work alone, but thank you. No, no, the archaeologist yelled. My father is Anthony Joseph. You met him years ago when he brought you garnets from Vesuvius. The garnets, of course, the garnets from Vesuvius were the first stones the old woman had ground to turn into pigment for her light work. She had used them for a body of water reflecting a deep fire red sunrise and a rust red rock wall. Her friend, the stone collector, told her that it transported him thousands of years into the past to a time unknown to man. She wasn't entirely sure what, what he had meant, but it started her art career. How could she forget the literal cornerstone of her craft? Yes, please, I've, I must have met you when you were a child. Please come in. At first, the old woman really didn't have much for the archaeologist to do in the studio to help her. Over time, she came to discover that he was fantastic at organizing and cleaning. Unstoppable, in fact. The old woman was astonished to see her, tra her house transform. Each room opened up with new light and space as boxes were folded, linens replaced, and furniture reorganized. While she was incredibly grateful... Hang on. Can we stop a second? Yes. Sorry. <laughs> um, a little bit. Yes. The... I'm going to go back to that. Okay. 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 Okay, I'm ready. The old woman was astonished to see her house transform. Each room opened up with new light and space as boxes were, un were folded, linens replaced, and furniture reorganized. While she was incredibly grateful, the one rule that the archaeologist was while she was incredibly grateful, the only rule was that the archaeologist was not allowed to enter her painting studio. This is where she had started her life's opus of painstakingly matching paint hues to the light on the walls according to the time of day. The process required painting sections of a wall with a tiny brush to outline the glow of the sun. One entire wall was nearly complete, as though the painting looked... One entire wall was nearly complete. One day, the old woman decided to accompany her friend to the bottom of the canyon to haul up a collection of special rocks. She would be gone for the day.
down to the king. Nice. You're with me. Okay. One day, one day, the old woman decided to accompany her friend to the bottom of the canyon to haul up a collection of special rocks. She would be gone for the day and would return early the following morning. The archaeologist could not wait for the old woman to leave so he could the archaeologist could not wait for the old woman to leave. So long he had lived in the house and had never seen the inside of her studio. Today he would take just a peek. Upon first inspection, her, inter her studio look lived in. Upon first inspection, her studio looked lived in, well organized and thoughtful. Then he saw it, the splatters of paint on the wall. How distracting, how chaotic. How could his brilliant artist friend concentrate with such a mess on the wall? Despite her suggestion to stay out of the studio, the archaeologist decided to repay the artist's hospitality. Despite her suggestion to stay out of the studio, the archaeologist decided to repay the artist's hospitality and kindness by cleaning this wall for her. Then she would be able to concentrate. When the old woman artist and her beloved rock-collecting friend returned from their expedition, the archaeologist couldn't wait to show his host her surprise. When the old woman saw her clean wall, she fainted and nearly tumbled down her dirt patch into the canyon. Luckily, her rock-collecting friend was a stable support. I couldn't stop, exclaimed the archaeologist. I saw how happy having a tidy house made you, and I wanted to surprise you by cleaning your studio, too. If I had known how important that wall was, I wouldn't have cleaned it. In the end, the old woman wasn't upset, and she appreciated her new wall. She got to work with a larger brush to make up for lost time. As for the unstoppable archaeologist, he found a new position organizing rocks with the rock collector down the road. His unstoppable organization helped in the discovery of new mineral combinations that the artist turned into pigment and painted with for the rest of her life. The end. She wasn't mad? No. She told him to stay out of there, and he just went in there, messed everything up, and then everything was okay? It's true, but in the end... He found a better job with the rock collector, and she just forgave him and got on with long time, lost time. Hmm. <laughs> but then she also had, you know, he repaid her with, like, new pigments that she got to work with again. So she was like, man, that was not the best thing. You got fired. Move on. But I'll let you repay me with new pigments. Like this is okay. <laughs> In other tales... Um, there's one called, what is it? The Water Mother, mm -hmm. and I think it's from China. And um, in the end of it, so like um, there's a well and the well overflows and they can't figure out how to turn the well off. So it floods the entire region. And I think, I think not a lot of people survive the flood, but it turns the region into a really fertile, like farmable area that people get to like eat from for the rest of their lives. So like in some of these tales, like a generation, mm -hmm. it's not great for a generation, but later on, yeah. it ends up being okay. In one too, um, 
like there's an abundance of food and then like everybody in the town is just so overrun by food but then everybody who has to get into the town they're coming from a famine so they have to like eat their way in which is like I'm not one to suspend my disbelief, but like if all this food is not perishing and people from all over the place get to eat their way in, it's like, okay. That sounds good. Right? Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. Okay. So (laughs) I'm with you though. Like I would be mad. I'd be furious. Yeah. She has been painting this a little bit at a time. Yeah. I think these, I think these stories don't leave a lot of room for like personal feelings, which I would like to fix in the future. I yeah. want more feelings from our characters in these okay. stories. So yeah. so now you make up an ending that is to your satisfaction. <laughs> so rewrite the ending <laughs> that I already wrote <laughs> to make you happy, Roxanne. Okay, yes, let me see. The Okay, the rock, the old woman returns with her rock collector and she is furious. Mm, yes. She <laughs> go on. She's furious and she faints. She tumbles down the face of the Grand Canyon, but she lives and she comes back up the rock wall. Her long nails, (laughs) they (laughs) reach over the canyon wall as she hoists her angry face back up. And the archaeologist is so horrified that he can stay in the house no longer. And he still goes down to stay with the rock collector, but he has to hide from this woman who is now a witch. And um, the only way he can stay alive is by creating these pigments for her for the rest of his life. And then his child has to create them as well. Perfect. perfect. I'll give you her story next week perfect okay yes. gotcha i am yep. quite satisfied oh actually this yeah. is this woman because of his um his decisions she becomes a witch and then when this man has a child she gets the child oh great and she yeah, yeah lives great. in a okay so this is rapunzel for you for next week <laughs> okay i got you can't wait <laughs> thank you for the satisfying ending absolutely anytime <laughs> All right, so now back to you, listeners. Thank you for joining us today. Make sure to like, subscribe, and share our podcast and follow Pioneer Library System on social media. If you want to reach out to us and share your thoughts on this folktale or share a different folktale, you can reach us at podcast at pioneerlibrarysystem.org. Until next time.